0: talk about genetics and I have Dr. Mansour Mohammed here with me and I want to start from the beginning Dr. Mansour first I'll give a quick intro to who you are and then I want to talk about genetics what they are and how they impact our health
1: thank you and thank you so much for having me I've spent my entire career studying DNA and studying the genetics of the human being starting first with diseases I specialized in the genetics of cancer and the genetics of childhood development autism behavioral development Mm. but more recently really started to put an emphasis on understanding our genetic heritage, our inheritance, our genetic makeup, that operating manual, what we're born into this world with, with. this this codification of how the human body works, and asking the question, you know, really, why were we only studying genetics as it applies to disease? Mm. Why aren't we studying genetics as it applies to simply understanding how the human body works Mm. to ensure that we're... Doing this as optimally as possible, that we're living, we're eating, our environment, our lifestyle right. choices are as optimal per the individual as possible.
0: Well, I love that you said that because when I've known Dr. Monster for a long time now, and when we first met, he did he'd never we'd never met in person, we had spoken, and when we sat down, I had my genetic testing done, which we're gonna talk about. And he walked into the room and he was like, Oh, I already know you. And he was like, I already know exactly who you are just from your genetics, and it was so wild. So The fact that you're mentioning that, I mean, that is very important because it really makes up who we are. You were talking about someone, you know, that we could have an addictive personality. You can talk about that, you know, we could be more prone to certain things just by our genetics. So explain that because it's fascinating.
1: I think a pivot point for all of our viewers to understand is at the core of it, your genetic makeup clarifies your operating manual. Okay, That's what your genome is. So, our genomic, our genome,
0: Genome. is the
1: entire operating manual. Okay. Okay, So, let's start there. Okay. The miracle of the human operating manual, it's a 23 volume set. So, think of a 23 volume encyclopedic set. Okay. Within those volumes, the paragraphs on the pages are your genes. Okay. Okay, so think of a 23 volume set. Yep. Made up of thousands of pages. Okay. On each page, there are multiple paragraphs. Each of those paragraphs is a gene. Okay. And each of those genes is an instruction telling your body, telling your cells how to accomplish the milieu of things that our body has to accomplish at any given point in time. Telling our cells how we're going to... Absorb the nutrients that we eat, how we're going to get rid of the toxins that invariably we're exposed to in the modern environment.
0: That's an incredible one. I can't wait to talk about that How we
1: are going to make the hormones that define so many aspects of our body through childhood to adolescent to adulthood to post, in in case of women, premenopausal, perimenopausal, menopausal, which is going to be a theme for today.
0: Yes, I love it. And you had explained to me that our genes, because, you know, when people think about genetics, they're like, Oh, my father had heart disease. So that means I'm going to have heart disease too, or this runs in my family. And I remember you had told me early on that just because something exists genetically in your family doesn't mean that that Mm -hmm. gene for you will express itself. So I think this is the conversation. It's an important one to have because how our genes express, we're able to turn them on and turn them off. Correct. (laughs) Just by our lifestyle.
1: We They do turn on and turn off by our lifestyle, our nutrition choices, our environmental exposures. Right. The purposefulness with which we're able to do so
0: right.
1: is still a topic of discussion. Yep. So in other words, to say we've got 22,000 genes, which just, that's about how many
0: 22, paragraphs, wow. 22,000
1: genes, okay. i.e. 22,000 paragraphs, again, keeping it simple, for yep. the analogy of the operating manual. Yep. To say that we can mentally think, I'm going to turn on... Gene, paragraph 5, page 27, volume 3. We're not there as yet. But as a natural byproduct, absolutely, of our eating, our living, our lifestyle, our environment, genes do turn on and turn off. Mm -hmm. And we are getting a better sense of what are the things that might turn on and turn off some of the more important genes Mm -hmm. in the body.
0: I remember you telling me you know, a story about kale juice. And as someone who is very active, obviously, in the health food community Mm. or in health nutrition community, healthy lifestyle, you were saying that it's not necessarily good for everybody and it could turn off certain things. So can you share the story? I remember you one of our first conversations, you shared this, and I thought this was so cool.
1: Knowing your background in nutrition and your love of all things healthy, yeah, it was just to make it, you know, purposefully choose an example that was a bit of a...
0: Oh my God, it was, totally. And so what we
1: were speaking of was cruciferous vegetables and the juicing of cruciferous vegetables, which, by the way, is an absolutely healthy and good option. Mm. But here was the example that we used. You see, there's this gene called the CYP1A2 gene. Mm -hmm. It's actually the gene that breaks down caffeine. So this is a gene, this is a paragraph. It's an instruction in our operating manual. And what does this instruction do? It tells our cells how to make an enzyme. And this enzyme, It's famous for what? It breaks down caffeine. So Mm. just by the way, the CYP1A2 gene, which you'll learn about later in the report that we're going to talk about, the test that we're going to talk about, the CYP1A2 gene makes an enzyme that breaks down caffeine. Mm. Okay, that's what it's famous for. But that same enzyme activates certain protoxins So for example, if you're exposed to cigarette smoke, if you're exposed to a lot of these fumes and so on and so forth, and we used a specific example of a mechanic, Mm, a mechanic that's working, and there he or she is, he's going to work, she's going to work, and she's going to be exposed to all of these fumes and gaseous things as per his or her job. On the way to work, he or she decides to stop off and have a nice cruciferous vegetable juice. Here was the point there are ingredients in cruciferous vegetables that turn on, for what you were talking about, turning on and turning yep. off genes, yep. those ingredients in cruciferous vegetables can turn on the CYP1A2 gene, hmm. i.e. to make more of the enzyme. Okay, so what's wrong with that? See, that same enzyme turn some of the things that that mechanic will be exposed to in his or her environment into more toxic byproducts. Isn't
0: that crazy? so for a
1: period of time <laughs> after drinking that wonderful green smoothie cruciferous vegetable juice yeah. your body if you are then simultaneously or thereafter being exposed to certain particularly aerosolized compounds things like polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons the type of things you get in cigarette smoke and so on and right. so forth your body is actually being exposed for a period of time to even more, more. toxic metabolites.
0: So, and the cool thing is, or the interesting thing is, is that we can actually get tested yeah, for that CYP1A2, yeah. CYP1A2 gene, so that you know that if you are working in a certain environment, then you shouldn't be drinking your kale juice before you go there, right? right so drink it a- after, now would it be better to drink it afterwards?
1: Uh, certainly, okay. knowing, knowing how long these Toxins, for example, yeah. stay in the body. The yeah. half-life of the of these toxins. Okay. Number one, what is your level of exposure? Number two. Right. Number three, what version of the CYP1A2 gene you have, Mm -hmm. because this gene and these genes that we inherit, these paragraphs in our operating manual, that's the whole beauty of inheritance, that's what makes us different, Mm -hmm. come in different versions. So Mm -hmm. for example, the CYP1A2 gene comes in a fast version Mm -hmm. and a slow version. Mm. If you're the individual that inherited the quote unquote fast version of the CYP1A2 gene, just by the way, you're the person that can drink coffee Mm-hmm. A bit later in the day.
0: That's me, right? I can actually drink coffee and go to bed, go drink to bed caffeine and go to bed, go go bed no problem within indeed. like an hour. My daughter too. We right? tested my daughter as well. And her too. Myself, fast metabolizer. Fast right?
1: metabolizer. Okay. Myself, I'm the opposite. I have this hmm. slow version of the CYP one A two gene. Okay. I need to cease and desist caffeine consumption by about three p.m. Okay. If I'm to be hopeful of getting to bed by about 10 p.m., okay? So, the first thing we want to know, and this is what we're going to talk about, in any system of the human body we want to study, what's that function? And this is a key, and it's worth mentioning now that as much as we're speaking about individual genes, nothing in the human body works based on just single genes. Okay. It's a system. Right, everything is synergistic, right? Everything works together. Of course. We're a complex bioorganism. Right. Now despite that complexity, we can study it, and we do start with individual genes, but it's important to understand how these genes right. work together mm. in a symbiotic and an orchestral masterpiece, right. as opposed to individual playing instruments. I love okay? it. So, coming back to it, you need to understand what version of the gene you have. Okay. You see, if you've got the faster version of the gene, if and when you are exposed to environmental agents that are metabolized by this gene, And when metabolized, those agents become, ironically, even more toxic Mm -hmm. inside of your body. Mm -hmm. You're going to do that faster. If we were both exposed to the same agent, Mm -hmm. you are going to be activating your toxin because you have the faster version. Here is the point. But if prior to exposure to those toxins, you already activated the gene, Mm -hmm. you already turned it on, Which is, for example, from from drinking the green juice juice or 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 caffeine.
0: Or caffeine. A cup of coffee.
1: See, anything that tells the body. And that's what your genes do. Many genes. So, genes, i.e., these instructions, some instructions in the human body, you want those instructions on all the time. Because those instructions are necessary for the basal things that have to be going on sleeping, waking, waking, sleeping. Those instructions, those jobs have to take place all of the time. Other jobs, you want them to be done because of course the body wants to be as conservative as possible. So you want some jobs only to be done when necessary. And this is the concept of when genes are turned on and turned off. Mm -hmm. So the CYP1A2 gene, which makes this important enzyme, whose job it is to metabolize certain things, Caffeine, certain toxins, actually, ironically, making them more toxic. And for the ladies out there, and men, for that matter, the same gene, the same enzyme, also metabolizes estrogen byproducts. Okay. So we need to understand this, and so we need to understand the all
0: tied together. So when you say you know metabolizing estrogen byproducts, why is that important to us ladies who are in perimenopause or menopause?
1: So this is going to open the door now to I think the very theme of today. Yeah. I think we should start from the perspective of saying your estrogens, men and women both, let's just be clear, men, we don't have a monopoly over testosterone, <laughs> yeah, right. ladies make testosterone as well, and yep. ladies, you don't have a monopoly over estrogen, we make estrogens, and so in actuality, it's a cascade, and men and women both, there are three primary sex steroidal hormone classes, progesterones, and by the way, the very name,
0: Yep. Progesterone, pro-gesterone yeah.
1: indicates that it is the progenitor. It is the precursor of what comes next. Oh,
0: okay. And what
1: comes next are the androgens, okay. i.e., think, think testosterone.
0: Testosterone, I remember, yeah. Right.
1: And then after that, estrogens. So here's the point menstruating ladies or menopausal ladies, you do not make estrogens until you first make testosterone. Mm. So your body converts progesterone into, let's keep it simple, testosterone, testosterone, or androgens as a class, and then, and it... then you convert testosterone into estrogens.
0: Estrogen.
1: Okay. okay. Now, okay. in a healthy menstruating female, this cascade of progesterones to androgens, testosterone to estrogens, it's a cascade. It's happening in a circadian rhythm throughout the month. Okay. And this is the first most important thing, and one of the most Missed messages, when I speak to young women, I'm surprised even, and it's a sad reality that clinicians are not speaking to their female patients about this. So the first thing you need to know, if you're a healthy menstruating young woman, i.e. not in the pill or any hormone replacement.
0: Okay, and when you d- say, well, let's clarify, younger men, you know.
1: During their menstruating years. So, so, so between, they're not
0: in perimenopause. Correct, okay. as
1: yet. And then we're gonna get, because it's important to understand yeah. what happens Prior to perimenopause. Yeah. And so while you are menstruating, yeah. the first most important thing is you need to understand mm-hmm. in your monthly cycle, yeah. your estrogens are not consistent throughout no, the month. They
0: go up, the progesterone are, goes up. The they go up,
1: goes... they come back down, right. there's a nice little extra little peak just before flow begins. Okay. So here's the first important point okay. the human body, the female human body, was not designed in these incredible years from Menach to pre- and perimenopause, to be exposed day in, day out to the same levels of these hormones. And this is really, really important, okay? okay? We're designed, the body is designed to, to be exposed the... as a circadian rhythm, right. ebbs and flow. Right, right. right, Why is that so important? Because we often miss what's the, important of the, the importance of these hormones. These hormones, your progesterones, your androgens, testosterone, estrogens, what do they do? they turn on and turn off genes. Oh, okay. Right? So when estrogens are at its peak, in the days of the female cycle that they peak, Mm -hmm. they literally, estrogens, bind to your cells, enter your cells, and turn on and off genes in a very specific manner. And your body was designed to have those genes turned on or off in the circadian rhythm of your monthly cycle.
0: So what happens for example I'm in menopause yep. so what happens to us ladies right. and who are in perimenopause yes. let's talk peri yes. and then let's talk menopause Indeed. because as somebody who is in menopause it is very interesting the changes in right. our bodies that have happened from and just I've been in menopause for about a year now just from like previously to now oh. and then now knowing what's coming down the you know the line How can we help ourselves?
1: So you beautifully introduced it when you said a key here to this operating manual is that parts of the operating manual are expressed or turned on at specific times. And it's the expression of the operating manual, not just the version, not just a version of the gene you inherit, but the expression of those genes mm-hmm. that impact your body. So what you're experiencing going into menopause mm-hmm. is you're now experiencing the radically and beautiful, yep. one might say, changes, mm-hmm. that your cells are no longer expressing genes in the manner or in the identical manner that they were expressing when you were menstruating. Because when you were menstruating, genes were being expressed on and off in that circadian rhythm. They're still being expressed, many of them, Mm -hmm. but the rhythm, the way in which they're being expressed, and therefore the jobs that are being done in your body, because that's what genes do when you turn genes on, they do things in the body, you are experiencing the awesome shift in your body from the pre you know expression of genes to now what is happening right. post-menopause or during menopause
0: you know one of the things that comes up a lot obviously in <clears throat> menopause specifically is hormone replacement therapy mm. and even bioidentical hormones mm. and mm. this was fascinating that i learned from you because when i went to go see dr mansour i was having i was experiencing just at the cusp of having some hot flashes and at the time I was on progesterone i was taking bioidentical hormones through from a doctor that i had gone went to see and i remember you sat down with me and you you know gave me my report and you're like just so you know i you know whatever i was in my late 40s like just so you know if you're on any hrt or even bioidentical hormones you must come off them now because of the way my hormones and my genes were expressing themselves and i was like wait bioidentical come off those but i'm told that's what we're supposed to do when we get into menopause and this was, you know, opened up a world of like, oh my gosh, you know, wow, because this is so important ladies. And I want, and this is why I wanted Dr. Mansour here because understanding the way our genes and the way our hormones are expressed through our genes yes. is critical to navigating perimenopause and menopause. So please explain that because I, I think I this think is so the, important.
1: The importance of this needs us to classify the stages in hormone metabolism. Okay. And let's just make it clear that hormone replacement, BHRT, bioidentical hormone replacement, is an absolute godsend
0: yep, for many to women. Many
1: women. Yep. So it's not about whether it is blanket healthy or unhealthy well per said, se. Yeah. Not at all, at all. It is about the uniqueness of the individual when you replace quote unquote those hormones bioidentical identical or not. Yeah. Okay? Because here's the thing independent of hormone replacement. In other words, the most bioidentical you can get are your own hormones. Right. Right? And so a person's innate, their own, a woman's own hormones, her own estrogens in this case, yeah. can be something that is her Achilles heel. Let's just make that clear. So in other words, your own internal hormones can be your Achilles heel, depending on your genetic proclivity, your lifestyle, your environment, how your body reacts to those hormones can be wild. I mean, you take any five young women, any five women going through menopause, and each one of them will have their own stories as to what their body is going through or not going through for that matter. So to be clear, even when we're not speaking of hormone replacement, yeah. we are speaking of fundamental differences that can occur at the individual level. Yes. So of course, with that fundamental difference person to person, or potential difference person to person, when you put back in hormones, bi-identical or not, you can't expect to have a uniform experience. Everybody does. Everybody's the so individual and okay? different. Very, very quickly. Here's what we need to know. So, and per the comment that was made earlier that we could look at, and this is the beauty of reading an operating manual and knowing what comes about from that manual, you see, as we said, your hormones are a cascade. Progesterones to androgens, and of course androgens give the body certain morphophysiologic, certain traits. Androgens, building muscle, leanness of muscle, metabolic rate, right. and so on and so forth. Estrogens, and these are simplifications, obviously. Estrogens, the curvaceousness, the estrogenizing of the body, the feminizing of the body, and then, of course, the balance between the two. Now, because these are cascades, and the cascade is controlled by genes, and those genes come in different versions, faster, slower, optimal, less optimal, you begin to paint, be able to paint this awesome picture by looking at the genes of a person, mm-hmm. you begin to see this flow from progesterones to androgens to estrogens. Where might any one given young woman, pre, peri, or postmenopausal, mm-hmm. where might she be on the cascade? Is she the individual that is tending to produce more androgens per se? In which case, she would be what we'd call androdominant. These are the young women speaking plainly, like
0: yourself, that yeah. we discussed. Oh yeah, I've, my whole life though, I've had high tell. levels of testosterone. testosterone. I've, yeah, it's it's it was a theme. Ever since you know and you know
1: we didn't have I didn't have to know anything else about you other than just looking at your the genetic control of your cascade was incredibly skewed in this case, speaking plainly, to your body making more androgens than estrogens. All things equal comparative to other Caucasian females of your age, BMI, and so on and so forth. Okay, so what we've gotta understand here then when we start to speak of BHRT and the pronouncement that was made for you is After a woman's body and this is going to be the most important thing you need to understand So for the ladies out there going into menopause you need to know here We're speaking of everything in its innate state before we've introduced any hormones Whether it be when you were on the pill earlier in life Mm -hmm. Whether it be BHRT or HRT in your menopausal perimenopausal postmenopausal Mm -hmm. period What you've got to understand is this the first thing you need to know is what is your innate tendency the balance between which you make your androgens and your estrogens. In other words, are you more androdominant? Are you more estrodominant? Are you sort of neutral in the middle, yeah. so to speak? Now, once your body makes estrogens, and let's clarify, Menopausal or not you're still making estrogens. It's much it's much much less. Okay, but you still make estrogens
0: But I had a blood test done and it said that I have no estrogen or very low estrogen Because
1: of course you're entering menopause starting off in the first place from having very very low estrogens because you're androdominant Right, but mono-a-mono when a young woman goes from Pre-menopause perimenopause into menopause her estrogen production does not shut down. okay But what does happen is this, and this is going to further explain your results. Mm -hmm. Your estrogens go from being produced in the ovaries. To
0: the adrenals.
1: To. Or the liver? Actually, no, not the liver. Driven by and produced in the adipose, the fat tissue of the body. Well, how much fat tissue do you have? Not a lot. (laughs) So your estrogens in a menopausal woman, the actual production site of those estrogens transfer from the ovaries to the adipose and fat tissues of the body
0: okay okay
1: now the same cascade the same genetic control is happening it's just number one nowhere at the levels that it were that it was before menopause it is still there and it will be still there reflective of the original tendency of the body the original how androgenized you are how estrogenized you are except everything is now muted right okay so when You, you need mm-hmm. to understand this. You need to understand where you are. And just that simple understanding starts to give you an opportunity to appreciate body type. Why is one young woman, mm-hmm. you know, much easier for her to get those triceps and those lean muscles and calf yeah, muscles. Yeah, like my business
0: partner, right. Randy. She's able to, like, Absolutely. you know, really have get cut arms. And she works out all the time. Yeah. She's behind the camera. But it's true. She's and got I, you this, can tell you know,
1: that quite easily.
0: Very thin, right? yeah. And
1: it's because Andy's genetic proclivity allows her to have a balance in her body that is skewed more towards androgens than estrogens. Now, a young woman who is producing more estrogens, again, because of that that genetic cascade, which is innate, but which is coloured, it can be affected by your nutrition, Mm. by your environment, by your lifestyle, body mass, and so on and so forth, not to mention, of course, external hormones, which, by the way, we're getting a lot of estrogen mimics now sure. in our and environment. Xenoestrogens and
0: the, right. from the plastics and pesticides and all the other things that we're exposed so, to.
1: So, first part, know where you lie on the arc of are you more androgenized, okay. estrogenized, or in the middle.
0: And that v- will come down to our test, which That's we're going to talk absolutely. about in a minute. Okay, and, and then once you know that... There are things you could do, to so for example, better
1: balance that. Okay. And the, starting the with nutrition, yeah. lifestyle, environment, and even at that point in time if you choose under the guidance of a clinician, so important, under the guidance of someone who understands the yeah. intelligent yeah. use, intelligent yeah. use of hormone replacement. Now you see, we're not giving hormone replacement for a one size fits all. Ladies, you're not men, women, you're, we're not one size fits all. And when you think of something so radically, sure. radically important as how hormones affect the human body, and you think of the changes that hormones make, the good, the bad, and the ugly of them, mm-hmm. to the human body, how could we hope to give the same hormonal regimen? You hundred, you, you it's you like can.
0: it's like diets, you know. Like one person does really well on the keto diet, someone else does well on paleo, and someone else does really well on vegan because we're all Absolutely. different, we're made up of different Absolutely. blood types. Like there's Absolutely. so much so many variables that go into who we are. Genetics Absolutely. are one variable.
1: It's one, right? one variable. Right. And this is why, you know, I, I, one of the things that really rubs me the wrong way is when we so overtly trivialize genetics and the jingoism of diets and the Mm -hmm. one-size-fits-all, if there's one message that you can take from me today, we're not you know, as as many noses as there are in faces, Mm -hmm. there are the differences within our bodies. And the differences within our bodies, as much as our cells, each one of us, our cells are doing the same, so long as we're breathing and we're relatively healthy, our cells are having to do the same jobs. But the efficiency with which any one person does the plethora of jobs, the thousands yeah. of things comes
0: down to, the gen- comes
1: down to genetics at a core. So cool. Overlaid, overlaid yeah. by nutrition, Exercise. lifestyle, environment. Yes. And it, it has to be said, it has to be mm-hmm. said. We're understanding more and more now that also symbiotic organism that lives within us, our microbiome. Mm, so huge. radically important yeah, as well. Huge. Okay, so now let's complete per the question that you asked. Once you've determined where you lie, which our test does, Mm -hmm. genetically, innately, once you've determined where you lie on that scale of androgenization, estrogenization, or in the middle, the next and frankly the most important question for women, particularly women going into menopause, is this. Every molecule of estrogen in your body, whether you are producing it when you are menstruating, Okay. Whether you are producing it now that you are menopausal, which is no longer being produced in the ovaries, but for example in the, the adipose, adipose tissues, and the fat cells of the yeah. body, okay? those estrogen molecules have to be metabolized. Mm-hmm. In other words, for a menstruating woman, for yeah. menstr- the estrogens she produced in her menstrual cycle of December yeah. are no longer the estrogens in her body in her menstrual cycle of January. Okay. And that's because
0: of the blood flow? Well,
1: it's because of when she made those estrogens in that circadian rhythm, they're made, they're exposed to the body so that they do what they do in the body, turning on genes, turning off genes, in a relatively small window, mind you. And then what does the body do? It breaks down, it metabolizes, it neutralizes those estrogens through the job of genes. Okay. Ie the enzymes that those genes encode, yep. and we each have different versions of those genes. Okay. So again, everything hmm. about how the female body expo- uh, responds to hormones is based on windows. It's based on discrete times. Now. So
0: in menopause. In or, menopause. And what about is there a difference between women who are in perimenopause and menopause, or because it's
1: that shift that the, is happening? It's
0: this, okay. So it's that's like that like in between. That in
1: between. Okay. That the body is now shifting gears, shifting gears from where's the production site of the hormones, how much are being produced, how importantly is it being metabolized. So now let's quickly Mm, complete this point. So every estrogen molecule in your body, menopausal or not menopausal, has to be broken down. You're making it, you're breaking it down. Now menopausally, we're making it at a more consistent level much more lower consistent level, yeah. but it's being made and it's still being broken down.
0: Oh, okay. okay? So it does still get broken Absolutely. down. Absolutely, it has to get Even broken though there's down. No si- there's no, no
1: cycle. There's no cycle, but it's being made and metabolized, keeping it fairly consistent day to day to day. Okay. But importantly, and this is the key here, when you were menstruating, we said that your estrogens were largely made in the ovaries, mm-hmm. and where are they largely metabolized? In the liver.
0: Right, okay.
1: Now, your liver is an organ in the body designed
0: master master right? detox organ it's, in the body indeed right? and it's
1: designed inter- to take care yeah. of these metabolites and the breakdown processes so you're
0: going to tell me right now you're going to tell us is that it's really important in menopause that your liver is healthy
1: absolutely
0: that is right. really important and you know what it is so true because i am just about to start a liver detox because i could tell with my body if I, you know, gain a little bit more weight than normal, or if I'm angrier than normal, right? Yes. And it's, and by the way, these are all signs and symptoms of being in menopause. Absolutely. So please, I didn't want to interrupt no, you, but no, I knew no, you no, were no, going to go there with the all. liver because it is so crucial for us ladies in perimenopause and menopause that our liver is is constantly liver being cleaned is that- out.
1: Awesome detox organ. When you yeah. think of if if you were to design the human body, you wanted to design a part of the human body. You wanted to design a place that is the filtration, the hyperfiltration, the yeah. detox center. It's like the car the filter. You think about right? right? <laughs> the engine filter. However, there is a point here that needs to be made, and that's yeah. actually when you go into menopause, your estrogens are not broken down in your liver anymore.
0: So where do they get broken down?
1: In the very tissues that they're being made. Okay. In the now, fat tissues. In the fat tissues.
0: Okay. Now, so it's important For not...
1: example, in the breast tissue
0: okay. of a
1: woman, uh-huh. when does the epidemiologic increase of breast cancers occur? In
0: menopausal years.
1: Right at that menopausal shift. Wow. So here's mm-hmm. the point. Let's tie this together. Very, very important. Let's tie this together. When you were menstruating, the estrogens that you produce are being metabolized in your liver, largely, mm-hmm. an organ that was designed to, to handle that filtration. Okay. When you go into your menopausal years, yes, your estrogen levels, again ladies, this is if you're not on any type of hormone replacement, this is speaking of your innate capacity, your estrogen, all of your hormone levels dramatically decrease, mm-hmm. certainly your estrogens. They're now being produced in the adipose tissues of the body, such as your breast cells. And they're being metabolized there. Okay, now hold on. Wow. Every (laughs) molecule of estrogen, every molecule of estrogen is metabolized into three different byproducts. E2, E4, E16. E16. So what is called Mm -hmm. 2-hydroxyestrogen, 4-hydroxyestrogen, 16-alpha-hydroxyestrogen, as you've said, E2, E4, E16. E16. Okay, so every molecule of estrogen... Has the option of going down one of these three different pathways. Every woman and man has all three pathways.
0: Okay.
1: Each of the three pathways are governed by genes. I
0: know. Each and my of those genes, genes threw them out pretty quickly into go. the not, into so, the good not one. so good
1: bucket. <gasps> I know, right? which
0: is cr- so.
1: As much as every human being produces, every yeah. male or female, and yeah. let's focus on the woman.
0: Yeah.
1: All three of the byproducts. Yeah. What Two of those byproducts are much naughtier than one. The 2-hydroxyestrogen, the 2-estrogen, two 2-OHE, two, two is considered the safer. It's can actually considered a protective
0: estrogen,
1: estrogen metabolite. Yep. Okay. Now remember, these are the metabolites yep. of your estrogen, which yep. is why we said. Yep. The first breaking thing down. breaking so down. Before right? menopause, so it's
0: breaking down in, in our liver, liver. In menopause, menopause, it's breaking down in the, in fat, the fat tissue. And then made. once it breaks down, it's basically has three places it could go into Two, or four, E2, or E4, or and E16, 16. So in that, so those simple terms. Into those buckets. E2 is better than the E4 and the E16. E2, E2 actually margin. is protective, protective, and then there's the E4 and there's the E16. That's right. Okay, so once they have those three places, each of our genes tells them... Or so tells each of our quick, genes
1: actually tells us which of the three buckets get filled up quicker, first or quicker in the first how place. Quickly and and then how quickly and slowly, and slowly do you get so the first is the filling of the three buckets yep. and which is genetically controlled yep. and lifestyle and nutrition yep. and environment and then mm-hmm. after you've made these metabolites you also have to empty these metabolites okay. so you still have to so you take your estrogens yep. you break them down into these three buckets yep. everyone is producing all three yep. But not everyone is producing each of the three at the this, same rate..
0: Yeah, oh, right, exactly. And
1: then we've got to take those metabolites and get rid of them. OK. When we looked at your genetics, yeah. what we found is you had a genetic proclivity. first and foremost, you were not estrodominant. so you were not making a lot of estrogens to begin with. Yep. which was a good thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: in, in, in your case. Yep. Why was it a good thing in your case? Because of course, once you did make whatever estrogens you made, My
0: body genetically,
1: <laughs> you were going down into that naughtier, that more inflammatory That's right. So estrogen, it's good that
0: I didn't have as much. As
1: much of it in the first place. And of course, that was the alert. The alert was... You know, your innate genetic makeup protected you in a way, mm. protected you by not making you overly estrodominant, because if you wow. were over-estrodominant, you would have been making a lot more of this naughty metabolite that is pro-inflammatory. Okay. Now let's just quickly, let's talk science shop here just for one quick moment. Mm. What makes that 4-hydroxyestrogen so naughty?
0: This is the four. That's the, the pro-inflammatory. Four. That's the, the pro-inflammatory. Yeah. So the
1: two estrogen, safe, actually protective. Yeah. The four, not so good. It's okay. actually kind of naughty. We all produce all three, but it's the levels of these things exactly. that we produce. So what
0: makes four so naughty is that it's because
1: once the body makes the four, okay, depending on our the rate, the the ability to get rid of the four. So now we've got to flush that four right. away. We want it out of our neutralize body. it. We want that out Quick of way. the body. Which is genetically determined. Okay. So depending on the ability of us to flush out the four, if we are not flushing that four estrogen quickly out of the body, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: four estrogens, four hydroxy estrogens, literally breaks down in the cells into these extremely toxic, extremely inflammatory molecules known as quinones. Quinones. And these right. things cause DNA changes. Mm-hmm. They change the genetic material of the cell, okay. leading to the potential of what we'd call mutations, okay. leading to the potential the of those cells,
0: issues and...
1: leading to other things that we prefer not to speak of, i.e. Right. the big C, right. cancers. Right. Now let's put it all together now. Okay. When you were menstruating, where was all of this happening? In, In the liver. the liver. Liver is designed f- that's more its so, that's its job. But when you go into those menopausal years,
0: Adipose tissue is not designed, not, that's not their it's job. It's not their
1: primary job. And so if you did not know that your genetic proclivity, your genetic predisposition was to make more of that naughty 4-hydroxyestrogen and you did not know if you were very efficient at getting rid of that 4-hydroxyestrogen mm-hmm. and if you were not and those 4-hydroxyestrogens make those toxins, literally fide toxins, yep. make, be made internal inside of your cells. Then, if your detox genes
0: were my suboptimal, my favorite part, the really? detox genes, because then you've got relying
1: this. on your detox so genes. So because
0: you're adipose. So women, and this, by the way, I, I can't even wait to tell you about the test that you can get. De- you can get so you know what your genetic makeup is. So in, in menopause. Those detox genes are crucial Crucially. at helping us get rid of those bad estrogens.
1: Absolutely. Getting rid of the bad estrogen byproducts. Byproducts. Got well,
0: it. As well as all
1: of the Clearing other
0: things. Clearing out the, Clearing the 4 up. and the 16. Okay.
1: And as, the, four the 4 particular. The 4 particular. Mind you, all of the other things, your heavy metals, your environmental toxins, your leftover pesticides on the vegetables that you might be eating, all of those detox processes. Okay. By the way, they don't just happen. They're things that the cells, your cells do by virtue of the instructions of important genes. Okay. So now look at it. We've got to know, when we speak of the individuality of the person, and when we speak of putting 10 different young women on the same hormonal protocol, right, same protocol, yep. yet in the background, we did not know whether that young woman was estrodominant, androdominant. We don't know whether she is more predisposed to, like to making E2, 2, B4, E2, 16. E4, A16. We don't know if she is...
0: This is why genetics are so important to know. And it's so like it should to, be part of every... Like every part of like... We know what... You know, You know we try, I guess, trial and error for the diets that we're eating, but it should be part of like everything we do. Everybody should have a hormone test to know what their genetics are. When
1: intelligently done.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and you... And, that, you, yes, you know, and, and that's you, a good point. You introduced it. And so for the audience out there, again, do not think... That these results define you, without any hope for change or optimization, they most certainly define your predisposition. And understanding the uniqueness of that predisposition is key. Yeah. Why? So that you're fatalistic about it? Not at all. No. Not at all. It's,
0: it's fabulous because you can because actually, you actually do take control, and you can do something exactly. Absolutely.
1: But to the least of it, the least of it is once you know your individuality at least you can now better inform yourself and your clinician, obviously informing you working together, always working together with a healthcare provider, a clinician that is dedicated to your individual health. Once, once that clinician understands your innate, the difference between you and Randy or Bonnie or Paula, what Where are you on the spectrum? Mm -hmm. What are your proclivities? What would be a safe replacement cocktail, a BHRT cocktail, if there is such as one for you? But what would it be uniquely for you? And by the way, do we have to help the body do a better job of making more of the Mm 2-hydroxyestrogen? Which incidentally we can do. Or at least we can influence the body to yeah. make more of the protective or detox it, or detox better. it better and that's a key because yeah. at the end of the day and I know this is your love and your passion oh. it's what you specialize in because at the end of the day yep. we are speaking of cellular processes, Mm -hmm. you know, we think of toxins as the stuff we can touch, you know, the environmental things. And that's a very important source of toxins. But how many of us, we forget that internal processes, such as what we've just discussed, such as estrogen metabolism, is making, or these processes are making internal toxins that we must equip the body to get rid of Mm. and you know so many times you know sometimes and I see this and I'm going to speak plainly for some of the clinicians that might be out there when we talk about you know detox and detox protocols these are not things to be taken lightly Mm -hmm. as though they're sort of airy-fairy considerations there are important considerations to improving the capacity of the human body to get rid to 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 improve the detox potential of the human body. There are absolutely things we can do, things that we can do to improve liver function, things that we can do, micronutrients, lifestyle choices, environment, avoiding certain environmental right, things yeah. that improve the overall detox capacity of the person.
0: Thanks for watching. Be sure to check out part two of my interview with Dr. Mansur Muhammad where we talk about detox genes and the important role that they play.